Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Buckington. The Yankees now lead it by a score of 3-2. Bill Lee is now going over to a couple of the Yankees, and there they go again. Tech and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Masada's throw. Roberts safe. And what can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, episode 130. And we have a, a lot to talk about. We're going to give our predictions, at least for the first round of the MLB playoffs. A little bit of a wrap-up on the Yankees and Red Sox and We'll talk about who stays and who goes and what happens. We have to give a little nod to two elements here, too. Obviously, to Tim Wakefield, who passed away, and, and that whole saga. As well, some pretty big-name players are leaving the game, at least on the field, for good. Uh, let's start with the playoffs, John. I mean, I mean, both of us, I mean, we chat, you, me, and Matt Soroy's our producer, about this. I mean... For the Astros have gone to maybe not making it to... In a course of like a day and a half. To winning the division. <laughs> it was super disappointing. I mean... I mean, seriously. The, I want one, Seattle, the one thing we talked about that we didn't want to see happen. Happened. Right? Well, you, yeah. knew they're, you knew they were going to figure out a way to squeak in, right? Because they're good. They're just a good... And their manager's good. They're a good team, right? And they're proven. But to go from having to slug it out, possibly, you know, to, get, to make it to the next round. Now they're going to sit back for five days and relax and wait for the next team to come along so drives bad. me nuts it drives me absolutely well, it, nuts. more than just that i i feel like seattle the fan base is great the yep. stadium's great the team is really fun and young and i just felt like i just feel bad for them it's amazing and, that nobody stepped up over the course of like six games and, and gave the the astros any sort of challenge it was maybe like they couldn't score more than any maybe, runs maybe it's because they're just so inexperienced they don't know how to win they don't have well, maybe that's what they do in the offseason is come up with some couple of veterans that can maybe imagine you put Justin Turner in that clubhouse or something right. like, yeah. you know, I'm not saying they should do that because if he stays playing, he should stay with the Red Sox. But I, I just feel like that's probably what's missing there. Is some and that's what of, makes that's And that's what makes Houston so scary, to be honest with you. That's what makes them scary. Nothing's going to phase them. Right. Nothing phases them. They've mm-hmm. been there. They've done that. And that and that, you know, other than the Dodgers. I mean, some some can say the Braves, but I would say other than the Dodgers in this postseason, that's that's who you're looking at. As far is it as true in the wild card, is it true in the wild card run that the the home team has all three games? Uh, is that true? I don't know. I, I, I think, think so. It has to be right because how would what would you do? You all of a sudden play two, ga- you can't two go games one, in one. one? No, so I, th- I, th- I don't th- think so. I think all three games are at the home team. So yeah. 
you have to win all on the road. Like Texas is going to have to win three games in Tampa. Right. So let's start there. I I personally am not a – listen, you know, we have a conflicted relationship with the state of Texas, but I really don't like the Rays. And you I, have a conflicted relationship with the state of Texas? My, or like us in general? Like No, my wife does specifically. Oh. <laughs> but, but anyway. This just I, took a dramatic turn. I always have a good time there, but um, anyway. I've never been to Texas other than I flew through Dallas-Fort Worth. That's it. I've never yeah, been I mean, I've, I had to drive once from, I couldn't get my flight out after a hurricane in New Orleans, so I flew to Houston. Yeah. I mean, I drove to Houston, excuse me. And uh, and I've been to a bunch of different places in Texas for work stories, and I've always, it's always been, I, listen, I've had a good time there. It's just a different place. But anyway, I I want the Rangers to win. I just don't want, I want the Rays to go away as a franchise. Yeah. So I don't want them to win it. They won 99 games and I'm like, I could care less and they're going to get a new stadium and I could care less. They should be in like Nashville or something. Right. So the, by that alone, I'm picking the Rangers and they got to win three on the road, which they're not going to do. Yeah. Um, even though that the Rangers uh, opening starter is Jordan Montgomery. They have to win two in the row. Former, former Yankee, of course. Um, that, they're not going to beat Tampa. The Rangers aren't. I mean, especially the way they limp. They limped into the postseason, and Tampa. They're playing in Tampa, which you know some will say is not an easy place to play. I mean, right. and, and also Tampa has the postseason experience. Let's be honest. And they're they like just, a mini Houston. Yeah, and they just figure out a way. You know, if they, they get you to even to four four innings, if, if they can get four innings out of their starter, most likely five, they pound you with a bullpen of a bunch of guys that like you know again nobody's really ever heard of. I mean, Fairbanks has been there for a while, but it's like. One injury after another comes along, one scandal after another comes along, and they just roll with it. Right. So you're picking the Rays. I'm picking the Rangers on sentimentality, but you're probably going to be right there. Uh, Blue Jays are at the Twins. Again, all three games in Minnesota, although that's not a bad drive between the two places necessarily. I mean, you could probably make that drive. Uh, The Blue Jays, they seem to just – they're just not great. They're just good. And I don't know what that means against the Twins because the Twins are just average. I mean, these are two – Potentially, I don't know if the two weakest teams in the playoffs on the American League side, but I mean the Blue Jays have some hitting talent. I don't know about their pitching, and the, the but the Twins were five hundred until like two months ago. Yeah, I don't I don't see the Twins matching up obviously hitting wise against the uh, against the Blue Jays. Um, what the Twins do have going for them is Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez. Um, they have two great starters, but the Ray, the Jays have two great starters with Gossman starting game one. Um, this one's tough because I think it comes down to if Lopez and Sonny Gray are on, uh, even though they're not going with Sonny Gray, it was probably going to be the runner-up to the Cy Young in game one. Um, I still think the Blue Jays are going to come out on top. I think pitching-wise and hitting-wise, I think that you know they'll match up close enough with the pitching that the hitting will put them over the edge and they'll, yeah. they'll advance. I, I'm... You know, I feel bad for the Blue Jays because it seems like every year we're picking them to to finally get over the hump, and they're not. I'm picking the Twins just on again. I'm you're going on data. I'm going on sentiment. You know, I just feel like it, baseball's good when the Twins are good and the stadium's full. And I mean, I just I, I want the Twins to to go a little further. I think they have zero chance. I mean, when I really think about the Twins, Blue Jays, Rays, and Rangers, and compare them to I don't know Houston. I, I just and, and even Baltimore, I think, is just superior to, yeah. to these four teams. So uh, I'm going to take I'm going to go against you on that one, too. Let's switch over to the NL. And again, like I, I feel like the Diamondbacks showed something because they played so crappy in the first half of September. They lost and they won. Right. And it so it's like weird watching that. Right. But they did. <laughs> but they but they managed to figure it out. Right. And whether it's Lavulo, the manager or whomever, I really respect the fact that they didn't just fade away. 
And whereas the Brewers, you know, they they listen. Cincinnati was in the lead like five weeks ago, and they just went on. A, they they just won. Yeah. And so I I think the Brewers win this because I think the Diamondbacks are out of gas and just not good enough. And I think the Brewers again, they're probably just good enough to advance and not good enough to get to the World Series. But I'm picking the Brewers. Uh, I think this this matchup looks probably to be the most similar of the two teams. Like you said, um, the Brewers were in first place and then they were out. The Diamondbacks have kind of been doing that too with the wild card all year. They've been right. like, I don't know if I want to be in it. I don't know if I want to be out of it. Right. right. And then they finally get in. Well, they went first place early in the year before the Dodgers got their act together. Right. But, but yeah. it, they've been bouncing on the edge of that yeah. wild card basically yeah. the whole season. Right. Um, that being said, you are going to see Zach Gowan once guaranteed. He won't be starting game one. Um, but the Brewers are going to be without Brandon Woodruff. So they're going to have to go with Peralta and Burns. Like, which is not bad at all to to win. Um, I like the Diamondbacks' energy. I like the youngness of the team. I like you know when you can when you can rally around a guy who's going to probably win the Rookie of the Year, Carroll. Carroll, yeah. even though Senga had amazing season for the Mets, you can argue all the hat you want with the Japanese players as far as being a rookie. Um, this one I think is really hard to call. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Brewers just because they have that little bit of extra postseason experience yep. and two good starters still, and I think they'll find a way. Um, I think this one's gonna be a lot closer. I see this one possibly being the one out of the two that we've talked to that will go three games. Hmm. And then we got Marlins, uh, Phillies, and obviously the you know Miami just sort of. Talk about a no, bunch of no names, right? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't. I couldn't name three players in that team. The, the reason they're national news is their their GM is a female, and it's a big deal. A piece of history, Kim Ang, right? And, yep. And, and that's former a big Yankee. Deal. And and office. and the Phillies. Listen, I I just sort of I, Dombrowski, even though he was both you know exciting and unnerving in Boston, I like his swashbuckler ways. I I, I like Bryce Harper, even though he doesn't. He's he's grown up in a way that I like. He's pure competition. He's not a you know he was a bit of a jerk. Yeah. He might still be a bit of a jerk, but he was a real jerk as a kid. Yeah, but he's not a kid anymore. Yeah. I don't think any pe- people really understood him like until you actually saw how he was. You know, that's just how he is. I mean, he is this super religious player who will go and chew out an umpire in front of forty five thousand fans and whip his helmet in the stands. Right. Yeah. I mean. Right. That that's 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 pretty much all you got to say about the guy. But he's an awesome family guy. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't tell dirty jokes. Right? He's a yeah. great guy. But when he gets on that field, he's a he's a devil. He's a lunatic. Right? Yeah. But that's what you want in a player, and that's why teams like that win because they have a Bryce Harper. They got the Shohei Otani. They got the although I don't see Shohei Otani doing that. I see him more bowing to a an umpire. And, right. Uh, but you know what I mean. Bryce Harper is a is a, a baseball. Yeah, he is. So you're taking Philly too. I'm uh, listen. I don't think Philly should even be in this category. If they're in any, any, they're any fr- other division, they're in first place. We're sitting; they're sitting there five days waiting, right, yeah. to play a team. They are the most dangerous team, other than the Braves, I think, in the National League. They're forty-nine and thirty-two at home. That's a that's a really good home. Yeah, and record. that's just under like I think it, I think Tampa Bay had like fifty-seven wins or something like that, or fifty-six maybe something like that. In terms of home wins, I can yeah. give you give that right away. Home. I mean, listen. Baltimore was the same record. I think the Dodgers were the only ones that were better at home. Atlanta was better. And, yeah. And Milwaukee was the same. And so, just they're the third best home record of baseball. So yeah. there, there you have that. And, uh, and and they got an excellent bullpen. They got the Bryce Harper factor. They got a lot of guys that are just flat out playing. You got Turner, Castellanos. I mean, those guys. I mean, Turner's been unreal. He's probably if he did what he did 
post uh, standing ovation all season, you'd be talking about an MVP candidate right yep. up there. Yep. All right. So our picks are in there. Let's talk, talk quickly about the the Sox and the Yanks. I I think that it doesn't. Obviously, the the Red Sox have to hire some front office. And I have no idea who that's going to be. A lot of people are saying Sam Fold. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know what what will happen. Probably all, all depends on what happens in Philly with this season, right? If if they win and go all the way, Sam Fold might not be going anywhere. If they don't win at all, right? Well, I wonder if they win at all. I don't think Philly's going to. But if they do, I do think Dombrowski. But Dombrowski was like fine not being like you. You've read the stories about they begged him to come yeah to work for Philly. He didn't want to do it, and so. If he wins a World Series, I could see him retiring, and I can see them giving fold the job everything to fold. Yeah, like giving him. So why would you? You know, why would you leave? Be, why would you leave? Exactly. I mean, even though he's a New Englander. Yeah, you're uh, close enough, though. I mean, come on, what what better sports place to be than Philadelphia? New well, York, I can't stand the city, Boston? but I, I, Matt Roy's and I, but Matt Roy's our producer, hates hates Philly, but passionate though. He's a New Englander. He's from New Hampshire, or I think he's from New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah, and so. I don't know what that would be, but if they do win it, I think Fold would stay in Philly because I think they that that Dombrowski would go yeah. and he'd get everything. If they don't win it, I think he's very much in play. It looks like Core is going to stay. I mean, they're not two or three pieces away; they're four or five pieces. So, like, I I just want them to be competitive, and and I don't know what they can do. I mean, listen, if their pitching stays healthy, it's actually not terrible, but. They, they have so many holes. I don't even know where to start. And then they're telling me that they're going to raise ticket prices, sing, single-digit percentages. And I think I'm going to give up my seats finally. My wife, my, my wife finally said, you know, we can stub hub opening day probably in our section, and then we'll just go when we want. And so we've had these tickets since, you know, it's it's been, I want to say, 18 years. Wow. And probably spent a college tuition when i think i'm a little bit cringed out at how much well, think how many other people are in the same position as you or or they gave up sooner right i mean that's not if you keep raising 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 look what i just read an article about the the team uh messi's playing for is it inner miami or yeah. whatever the guy's season tickets went up from six thousand dollars to fifty six thousand dollars <laughs> that's amazing like, you want to keep these seats will be fifty six thousand dollars what am i gonna do you're like oh yeah i'm gonna go and spend an extra six fifty grand no so way. I can go watch Messi play what twelve games or whatever. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, so there, there's that, right? All right. So I, I don't even want to get too much into the Red Sox I mean, until the Red Sox we have, have got a, in place. a ton of work to do because they don't, they don't have, they, they don't have. First of all, they don't have a, like a head of operations, right? I mean, that right. it all they starts right there. Sure. I mean, at least right now, the Yankees have Cashman in place, at least for now, as we speak. Um, so I mean, you have Casas. You assume story at short. Well, I'm just talking Endeavors like as, at third. as far as like right. front I mean, office. Baseball-wise, they, they need some bats in the outfield, and they're going to need, a, uh, obviously, some pitching. But, you know, in terms of the Yankees, are you disappointed? It looks like Boone's staying. Yeah, I have no problem with Boone being back. Okay. And I think most Yankee fans don't wouldn't have a problem because I don't think, you know, everyone's saying, like, you know, he doesn't construct a team, he doesn't construct a team. I mean, you can say what you want about Aaron Boone, but there's one thing, he supports his players. I think his players generally think that i mean he he very passionate you don't see many managers out there doing what he's doing he he continually he loves he's so soft he's so soft-spoken off the field and then he goes and then he gets kicked out more than everybody yeah yeah i mean i love believe me i mean believe me i loved the highlight of the season was him getting kicked out by laz diaz i mean that for me as a yankee fan it's pretty sad to say it didn't come from hitting and fielding or something came from your manager it came from a manager getting kicked out but i mean he gets his money's worth but again i don't think it's his issue as far as like why the Yankees sucked so bad this year? A lot of it's obviously injuries and you know here and there, obviously. But uh, I think he'll be back. 
it's interesting that he had a meeting with the front office, right? And he was talking with Hal and, and I guess Cashman, right? And the word is that he Boone will be coming back. You would think that that means Cashman's coming back too. Well, but he's under con- like, contract, right? Yeah, yeah but I mean, that doesn't mean nothing. You can always get rid of him. Right. But I would assume that it's going to be business as usual. And as you know, if the thing that Hal talked about, how they're going to do this you know, deep dive into the organization, which seems like it's the flavor now for these uh, these owners to talk about, like right. in the Padres, you know, when you, when you come Let's up short. Let's do an internal audit. Right. So, I mean, you know, I, I feel I smell some patsies. You know, there'll be some analytic nerds will probably lose their job and maybe some person that's been there for a while like a like I said I've always said like a Randy Levine or someone like and that. And you're okay with that. Well, I mean, what are Honestly. you going to do if if he's under contract, you know, maybe they they're they're thinking You just said it didn't matter. Let, maybe they're Come thinking on. let's let it play out. Let's play, let what it play, play out. Another contract, crappy season. Two more years. Right? I would pers- I've been saying all along I wanted Cashman gone cuz I I want new blood in there. He's been there too long. But again, that comes with a whole clean over. Cashman hey, has baggage. Maybe you're just getting um, a lot of baggage. Maybe you're getting comfortable with mediocrity. I'm not comfortable with mediocrity. Maybe that's it. Maybe no. you're just okay with being two games over 500 or whatever. Listen, it was. I turned off Carlos Rondon's debacle after before he even gave up the nine runs. I knew he was going to do it. I just and what about Stan? You think they can move him? They can't move him. Well, unless you're not, not going to move him without eating a ton of his money, and right. that's the issue, right? You, he, you're under contract with Stanton through 2027. All right. That's a long time if you're thinking about next year's 2024. That's through 2027. Four more years, right, of him. His age must be About just under 30 bills a year. So think about that. When you're looking at these numbers and how baseball calculates all the collective bargaining BS and the the, uh, competitive balance tax and all that, these guys get up in these ranges where they're paying like – Cohen dollars, you're basically paying 95% tax on every dollar you're spending. It's crazy. So if you got a player making $20 million a year, you're paying $18 million for that player extra. I mean, think about that. Now, you can talk all you want about these guys having all that money, but I'm sorry, but if I'm going to the grocery store and I'm buying milk for $5, I don't want to pay $10 for that milk. So your point is that it might be worth eating his salary. It might be worth eating his salary, but I think you could probably trade him and eat maybe maybe. 80%. You're going to have to eat some of it. There's no but, way you're going to trade him. But it's an interesting point. If you trade him, say he's making 35. If you trade him and eat 30, you're actually saving like He's making like 28 a year so after, say, over that over okay, the next 4 just years. Just say okay, let's just round it to 25. Okay. So he's making 25, you move him, you, you eat 20, but you really save him 30 cuz you're saving the 5 on a salary and the 25 on well, yeah, the well, taxes. Yeah, well, it also depends on where the Yankees sit overall in the taxes. There's right. brackets like two. It starts at like 211 or whatever, right. 187. I forget the exact. But I number. thought like a year or two ago they were trying to get under the threshold. That was off. That's off. They're the table. just they're just, they're like right at the the first threshold. But like you know, like like the Mets, they're at the top threshold. So oh, like yeah. you know, even with them shedding Scherzer and uh, Verlander, they're still going to be up there because they ate a ton of that money. That's I guess what the big thing I'm saying is it's it's going to be hard to do anything about Stanton unless you get someone that's going to eat almost half of his contract. And right. that's going to be a tough sell. Yeah, I don't know if you can do it. And who would take him? Well, you can't just release him because then you're on the hook for all of it, right? And then he can sign for the league minimum and with then, anybody. And, and you're and, still paying for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you'd rather... Um, and you, uh, listen, you, you can... Designate this is, we're, him. We're, we're, we're going to be talking about this five, six, seven, eight years from now for all of these players are going to be in this position, and these teams are going to be sitting there. And if baseball, you're talking about the back end of the oh, big contracts. Oh yeah, and if they don't wake up and start figuring out how to like 
rein in these salaries, everybody's going to be paying too much. And then, like you said, it, it's not going to be worth it to go to a game. How much? How are you going to be able to afford to go to a game? Because they're going to figure out a way to make the money somehow. Yeah, it's not enjoyable. And I talked about just the, between the beers at Fenway and the beers at Dodger Stadium. And you know what I've already started doing? I've already started, like, we don't, like, when I go to a game, we park at my mother and father-in-law's and we walk. So they live in Back Bay and it's like a 20-something minute walk. Yeah. And we just go down Newbury. I can stop at Shake Shack, pay the same amount of money, and eat better food. Right. So why would and I not go- not miss any of the game. Why would I get a four-hour-old sausage, <laughs> you know, and limp fries- And you stood in line for 30 minutes. And, and paid the same amount. So we've already changed our eating habits at Fenway- and, you know, I know a lot of people, but one of my funniest things ever, I was at an Irish pub before a Bruins game, and a woman was coming down the stairs and tripped. And she tripped, and out of her bra came, like, four nip bottles. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And, like, that's her hack. Yeah. But I was like, I pl- I mean, she took a pretty bad header, and she was fine. She but, needed the, non, but the I was non-metal like, tip I was nips. like, <laughs> I don't love, like, hard alcohol. I like to drink beer at games, but, but the point is, and I know you're not drinking, but, like, that's a good hack. Yeah. Because why pay... 18 bucks for a rum and coke. Right. You know what I mean? You no, know, I got I got I got snagged when I was younger going into the former Riverside amusement park which is now Six Flags oh, yeah, New of England. Course. Um when you I mean they would I mean it was tiny. It was just that stupid white roller coaster and some other stuff. Right, right. We went to a concert there and I think I was in college and we had drove up from New York and um and we you were went drink, to Siena. drinking in the car. And uh, we went to go in, and I was like, I'm just going to bring some beers in. And I, like, stuffed them down my pants, and I walked up, and the guy was like, with the, with the wand, and, I, and, it, and he gets right down by my crotch, and, wah, 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 wah. and I'm like, ah, damn it. And I had the metal, you know, the metal yeah. top on the bottle. So, you know, I'm guessing that the lady with the nips probably didn't had plastic tops Yeah, all on plastic, <laughs> all plastic. I remember taking backpacks of beers in to see clerks in Manhattan back in the day. But anyway, we digress. John Senecal, Brian Shackman here. Uh, this is episode 130 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. I want to take a a serious turn for a second because I don't think you were the photog that was with me, but in 2003, I was sent by NBC Connecticut to Boston to wait for game seven to end. So assuming the team would come back like we had, like Kevin Nathan was in New York, I think, and I was in Boston. So if they won and came back, it was going to be a big deal. They won game seven and they were onto the world series and that would have been a big deal. And it turned out, you know, Aaron Boone hit the home run in extra innings on a first pitch from Tim Wakefield. Tim Wakefield. And there's been a lot of talk since he passed away about uh, certain moments in his career. And, you know, we've we've talked a lot, you know, came up in the Pittsburgh system, wasn't going to make it a position player, you know, switched to being a pitcher. When he got called up by the Pirates, he had an incredible first run. And then, you know, with knuckleballers, it's feast or famine. And he struggled. They released him and the Red Sox picked him up and he pitched for 17 years in Boston. And was it? And listen, we went to almost all those 17 years, and we loved him. And we just assumed every year, starting when he was like 35 or 36. He'd be there. Or he just signed that one-year contract. Yeah, he had the rolling one-year deal. Yeah, and it was just something that you sort of banked on. But going back to 2003, the stuff I read about this week, he was really worried about being looked at as a Bill Buckner type in the city. And he was really, I wouldn't say scared, because I don't think he got scared of very much. But he was nervous about it. And then... They received him so well in 04, it just sort of, it that it just faded away. And obviously, he was a part of that 2004 team that was magical. And 
the one I was at, I think it was I forget if it was eighteen to seven or seventeen to eight, but the game three where the Yankees just destroyed yeah. them at Fenway. I was at the game, and it was the worst sporting event I've ever been to. I, I think it was I can, nineteen to eight. They beat them. It was. It was. And then they choked it. Right? <laughs> it was awful. But you know, the one thing that was brought up. He went out there and ate a bunch of innings. Yeah. So that they could save pitching, and it, it always amazes me because nobody believed that they could win that series. But if you were ever going to put yourself in a position, he probably saved the arms of like three guys that yeah. night. And it was a little bit about like that Nate Evaldi relief appearance from a couple of years back. The same thing. Like the only people who really noticed it were the teammates. Right. And and stuff like that. And then you saw you saw the Timlin um, video on it from 0, when they won in 07 where he was left off the active roster and Timlin came over to him and, and on camera and was like, I just want to tell this guy how proud I am of him because yeah. he didn't make a stink. About not being on the roster, and and he was here to support his teammates, and like it, it, it might have choked me up anyway, right? Just because Timlin's a classy dude and Wakefield's a classy dude, but the fact that he's dead, and he's fifty-seven, I don't know. It just really hit me in a different way, and so Wakefield for me, the, it hurt a lot because he's so young and he was such a core part of that whole experience. You know, I think of Pedro, I think of Veritek. Wake, even Derek Lowe is probably not a very nice guy, but you know, and that's the thing with the shilling stuff. And I, I know I'm talking a lot, but I've never seen somebody who's ruined their image as much as he has. And like, it's clear, like, I always mistook Wakefield for kind of being a dick because he was so kind of quiet yeah. and he was very economical. He just didn't yuck it up with many people. And he clearly wanted to die in private. Yeah, you know, it's, you it's know, strange. And, that, you know, we this when we first actually heard about this it was like just like a week ago or a little over right. a week ago when Schilling had. It turns out it did happen fast, but it also feels like it happened faster because we learned about it so yeah. late. And but what 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 irks me is not the the rapidity of it; it's just the fact that he didn't want anybody to know until he he died. Right, he must have known he was going to die. Yeah, and to take that away from him feels kind of dirty. And I I don't know that he has or hasn't, but like Schilling should be, just be like. Oh, Schilling's a piece of shit. I know, but like he did, he could at least. Well, it's interesting. Apologize. You, 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 you talked about you know how you remember Wakefield, and it's you know as a Yankees fan, and most baseball fans in general that aren't Red Sox fans know Tim Wakefield as like a knuckleballer. Obviously, like Phil Necros, they're, they're generational players, but they know him from giving up the game three. In game seven of 2003 ALCS, they don't recognize the fact that the guy went on to win 200 games. As a, for, it's incredible. And, and how many players can say that in Major League Baseball, let alone play for, what, 17 years, 19 years? For a guy that was basically told, like, you're never going to play above double A. It's, 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 it's very – it's amazing. It really is. It's amazing. And, um, you know, 57, you know – for for people that start to get up in age or middle age, you start to think, and it's like, wow, you know, that guy's eight years older than I am. Yeah, you know, he's five and, years and older than me. He is, his life was probably pretty goddamn normal two years ago, and next thing you know, he's dead. So it's 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 scary when you look at it that way. But you know, to put it in baseball perspective, he's never going to be a Hall of Famer, right? But it's the intangibles. It's the stuff that you talked about just now. It's the fact that. He didn't wind up under a bridge after giving up that home run. He didn't drink his sorrows away. He got back up on a horse, and everybody around him saw that. And it made everybody around him better. I mean, look at Johnny Damon brought him 
the ALCS trophy in 2024 mm. on camera and said, that's for you after what happened in 2020. Yeah, love uh, that. Just not 2024, 20, 2004. 2004. So, you know, not many people can say that they played Major League Baseball, let alone excelled at it, and then had an impact on people. So, yeah. you know, rest in peace to Tim yeah. Wakefield. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, and there's also a fair amount of players who are gone. They're still with us, but they're not going to play anymore. You know, um, Miguel Cabrera, obviously. He'd being the biggest one, yeah. And I was there for his final game at Fenway. It was really nice. You know, you know, Boston fans, say what you want. Like, what did they give him? I don't know. What they, they gave him something, but what they also did is that with no prompt, they gave him standing O, like in his last at bat. With no prompt. Yeah. Didn't go on the screen like his final at bat at Fenway yeah, Park you know or what, anything that, like that's that. That's what, you know. That wouldn't happen in Oakland where they gave him Correct. an $80 bottle of wine. Right. When you know you're in a baseball city, that's going to happen in St. Louis. Yeah. That would happen in New York. It's yeah. going to happen in Philly, Chicago. It's You know where you are, right? And you respect the player. And, you know, they're not given the 20 seconds, get in the box or, you know. It, they let him tip his cap. The whole thing was yeah. just great. And 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 I really appreciated it. And and then you have Joey Votto, Zach Granke, Adam Wainwright, which they, I mean, gosh, I mean, let's say I really like them too. But the goodbye stuff like went on forever yeah. in St. Louis. They let him play a concert. They gave him a dog. I mean, it was like it was it was a little much. <laughs> and then Terry Francona his last week. They, somebody stole, stole a scooter. scooter. <laughs> it's just the worst. Again. He's like, yeah, someone stole my scooter again. <laughs> it's, like, it's brutal and it's funny because I have a connection to Francona because you know he won the two World Series, and. But the Votto one, I think, hurts the most, and I know you like him too. It's just the way he interacts with fans and the way he approaches the game. he got thrown game. out for his final game too. Like Did he perfect really? Perfect Joey Votto Did fashion. Did he do it he on purpose? No, he didn't even get the play. He got thrown out barking what from happened? the bench. Before the game? I, don't think, I think it was before his at-bat. Was yeah. he DHing? I think so, when he got thrown out. Or if he was going to come in and play. I mean, he only played like 60 games this year. Right. I mean, he was hurt towards the beginning of the season. But when you look at a player like Joey Votto, I mean, obviously Miguel Cabrera is going to the Hall of Fame. He's the last person to win the Triple Crown, two-time MVP. I mean, the guy the guy balled. He's going his yeah. first bout Hall of Famer. Then you look at a player like Joey Votto, and you're like, wow, this guy played for like 20 seasons. He's got some great numbers. He's got, you know, like over 400 on-base percentage, three over three, I think, over 300 or like in the 290s career average, like 1,200 RBIs, but he's not got Hall of Fame numbers, which is their borderline numbers. So he's going to be one of those guys. Does he get in because he's Joey Votto? Well, he's super well-liked, right? Exactly, like a Larry Walker kind of guy. I'm Not to say that they're going to – I don't know their stats right off the top of the head. That's just the first person. So, you know, Votto's of. got 2,000 hits. He's got 350 home runs, 1,000 RBI, which is very pedestrian in the modern era. I mean, the 2,000 hits is significant. He's got a career. It's too bad the last three, four seasons because he he's got a career average of two ninety four. Yeah, and you know, you know, ten years ago he was he was raking in the three hundreds just about every season. But you know, and that's I, the risk that these guys take as they right. as they continue to play. You know, they're like Jeter saw that his numbers didn't drop a ton, but they started dropping off. And that you know, next thing you know, your average is slipping below the three hundred line. Yeah. Not to say Jeter wouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame, anyways. No, but, but it was that's really, a big deal to players. Yeah, you know, I'm batted three hundred in the major leagues. Well, he batted two oh two this year, two oh five the season before, and two sixty six, and then two twenty six before. That. So you know, he 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 hit himself under the three hundred line. So I would say, based on pure numbers alone. He's not he's no. not a Hall of Famer, but man, was he fun. And he ushered in the 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 sort of video camera era, in my opinion. Like all the things he did by the backstop and with kids. Yeah. Like I I loved watching those videos of him. Very interesting dude. 
ah. dealt with anxiety issues when he was younger, kind of like Zach Greinke, just yeah. didn't almost folded up the tent. Um, and just went on to be an awesome baseball player, a really yeah. good baseball and player. And great sort of, I guess my point is, like, great um, ambassador for the game. Like, who's doing that? And I, I, you know, he's the kind of guy that plays catch with the guy in, in the stands yeah. or whatever. And so He's great for baseball. He is. And, you know, like again, does d- does being Joey Votto be enough? I don't think so. I don't think his numbers will be there. But, you know, it's interesting if you look at players now, like, say, like uh, Kyle Schwarber, right? What if that guy hits 550 home runs, but his career batting average is 197, yeah, right. right? So, I mean, that was an incredible season. To have that many home runs and over 100 RBI and bat under 200 is crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, this is a whole other episode. We'll talk about it at the end of the season. I mean, you look just across Major League Baseball. Some of these numbers that were put up this year are insane by the players and the organizations from Atlanta Braves, right down the yeah. line. It's just amazing. But it, totally. it's gonna, it's been exciting. It's only going to get better. All right, so we'll check in next week. I mean, I think the, we'll be on to the next round, and we'll have predictions for that moving forward. You've been listening to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.